The New Orleans Saints are in a free fall, and the NFL just continues to get weirder and weirder. We are back from our little hiatus right here on the Going Going Gooner podcast for episode number 55. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the, the Going Going Gooner podcast. We ain't apologizing for nothing today. The, the plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episodes. No, he did. I have no doubt. What makes you think more instability is what this club needs right now? Most likely will make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest. The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. This is episode 55. Before we get started on recapping the last couple weeks in NFL action, be sure to drop us a follow on Twitter at GGGoonerPod. And this podcast is brought to you by your party station Z89. Kyle, we took the week off last week for Thanksgiving, give ourselves a little break. But there are two games to go over, uh, the one against the Bills on Thanksgiving night. And one that you attended against the Eagles. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Firstly, I don't want to discuss either of these games because they were painfully bad to watch uh, for anyone who saw either of them. But we'll start with the Eagles game because I was in attendance for that. Firstly, thank you to the Eagles fans for being kind and not harming me in any way, shape, or form, uh, except for some taunting and laughing at me uh, as the Saints played poorly. Um, but that is due for the course. Um, so the Saints lost 40-29 to in Philadelphia. Uh, and the scoreline reflects kindly on the Saints when it, in honesty, should not. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, it was 33-7, to if that gives you tells you anything, uh, that the Saints uh, have made a, a bit of a name for themselves uh, the past four weeks now of putting up something called garbage time points. Now, for those wondering what that is, that is points you score in the fourth quarter of a game. The Saints have gotten really good at that. Um and for example, against the Eagles, they put up a quite casual 22 points. Uh, against the Bills, we will discuss shortly. Uh, Saints put up a their only six points of the game. Uh, and then if you go back, let's go back to the Tennessee game real quick uh, a couple weeks ago, which we talked about. The Saints again put up another nine points. Most of their points so far the past weeks they've put up in garbage time which is where all of their points basically against the Eagles came from. That watching the game in person, it was a a slog and a half. That being there at the stadium, it was just sad to watch. Um, You can find all of my reactions from certain scores uh, on our Twitter at GGGoonerPod. The big one of note was the Troutman touchdown. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, which Arjun saw on Twitter and laughed at. God, uh, it was it was hilarious. I mean, Troutman had his first decent game of the season and then immediately got injured in, in the same game. Um, and we got we got Kyle's reaction of Troutman's touchdown on video. He was it, the shock in his face that Adam Troutman came down with the ball in the end zone. It was priceless. It was pure. It was priceless. And <laughs> the reason I was so shocked was not only because it was Troutman. But because the play broke down and it looked like it was going to be an interception from where he threw the ball. Like from where I was sitting on the far side of the field, the opposite of the field, uh, in line with the end zone, the other end zone basically, where you saw it, it looked like it was a pick. I was like, oh my God, it's an end zone, t- it's a pick in the end zone. And then you see Troutman get up and has put his arms up. And that's when I reacted with, whoa, hold up. <laughs> it was it was a Murman moment, a Murment, a moment of pure bliss. Uh, little did I know that it'd be a rough day following that. 
Callaway had a touchdown. Uh, Simeon ran the ball in from 17. Brett Maher made a field goal, but also missed an extra point in there. Uh, and little Jordan Humphrey had a beautiful touchdown catch, might I add, at the end of the game. Um, some great catches by Saints receivers. The game was highlighted by Marcus Williams playing basically as a center fielder the entire game and making some spectacular catches or plays in general uh, as safety. He probably kept the score closer than it should have been. Without him, it would have been at least two or three more touchdowns. Uh, he made some great last-second uh, tackles, last-second deflections, passes deflect everything. Um, but this game was painful, Arjun. That is the short of it. The game was painful. The Saints played about as poorly as you could possibly imagine. There was nothing going on offense this game. The Saints did not have Kamara. He was out. Same was like three of the O-linemen and about the entire defense. Ingram played well. Um, but it was a very, very, very rough game for everybody involved. And and the defense wasn't as beat up as it as it was last week against Buffalo. They just got run over. But they I mean, got run over. <laughs> Philadelphia ran for two hundred and forty two yards in this game, and that that's just not that's just not excusable for for, was, for a rush defense that is supposed to be elite in the NFL. You can't be giving up near two hundred and fifty yards. And the biggest problem was. And I know everyone's look at the last touchdown, the last one by Jalen Hurts, the touchdown run that he broke. I believe it was Granderson's ankles. I think um, everyone's gonna see that and be like, "Oh, Jalen Hurts and them ran all over the Saints." The Saints just couldn't tackle, and that was another problem that we saw in this Buffalo game that persisted. Is Marcus Williams, for whatever reason, he played really well as a center fielder. He can't tackle. To save his life right now. And I mean Buffalo Buffalo, we know they attack through the air, usually because of Josh Allen and how good he is. They ran for 113. Um the Saints only held Buffalo to three and a half yards of carry, which is pretty good. Um but I mean the Saints had zero rush game in this one, no Kamara, no Ingram. Um Tony the, Jones and Ty Montgomery were running backs. I mean it the, was bad. this game. If we're not, if we're done talking about the Eagles yeah, game, we can, we can move on. I think, sadly. I think against the Eagles, that's when I started to turn on Simeon a little bit. I mean, he had the he, interception return. He had the interception picked off which, by Darius Slay. Which might I add, on that play, seeing it because the Saints were driving from my side of the field, going down to the other end where the Troutman touchdown was. They're driving that direction again. On the play, you see him step back, and you see these routes. I believe it was Kenny Stills at least twice in that game, and on that route in particular was wide open. I mean, he had about 10 yards of space around him. Simeon throws the ball anywhere in his range. He's got he's got a catch. He's going for 25 yards, something like that. He didn't see him. He only looked one way towards, I believe it was Callaway. And Slay was all over the route. There was literally nowhere for Simeon to throw the ball for it to be a catch. It was either a pick or a deflection. There was no chance of it being caught. And he threw it directly to Darius Slay, who then had the easiest run back of his life, basically picked it off and jogged into the end zone. And... I sat there, and the lovely couple next to me of Eagles fans, they were amazing, um, they said, does he do that all the time? And I said, yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, it was legitimately an awful throw. He made multiple just terrible, terrible throws in the Eagles game. And again, it persisted in the Bills game. And that is why we'll discuss it in a little bit. Realistically, Taysom's going to start the game against the Cowboys, but we'll discuss that in a little bit. And, I mean— I, I tweeted it during the Bills game. I mean, this Saints team as banged up because we are so banged up. I mean, this is a bottom five team in the NFL. The team that bottom we fielded five. This is a bottom two team the, in the NFL. The, the team that we fielded against Buffalo might be the worst Saints team I've ever seen. 
Like yeah, I I would put it up there because every like, time at least we had Drew Brees. Yeah, we had something. We had something, and I mean Brees, and and we had some sort of offensive weapons. I mean, little Jordan Humphrey was our was our leading receiver in this game. The best way to, by the way, put this Bills game into perspective, there was two players who attempted passes in this game: Trevor Simeon and Blake Gillikin. Oh that God, puts I forgot you, about the fake. The part. Saints had a very rough first half. In that first half. They tried converting on a fourth down on a punt. They tried to do the old uh, stab it to the punter. He takes one step with his right foot and then throws it uh, towards one of the gunners. And he threw it towards I forget who. And the guy got blocked off the line. And Simeon and, and Glickin didn't look up to see where he was throwing it because he said, "Oh, this is as clearly it was a it was a it was a practice routine of he takes two steps and throws it right in that spot and it worked all the time. There was no hope on that play. I mean, it was he, sad. He skied it, sad. it. He skied it. There was no chance for a catch. Well, it was a chance for a catch of the player like ran. <laughs> I mean, so I forgot about the fake punt. So thanks for reminding painful. me. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this for game, reminding you. It was awful. And I mean, I don't think there's m- much more to say about it because the, this this isn't the Saints team. There like, was this only, isn't it the wasn't. team. This isn't the the team we can field. I mean, obviously, Jameis and Michael Thomas are out for the year. Those are two guys we won't have back. But guys that we will have back are number one, our entire running game. And it, I I mean, we were missing pieces um all over the O-line. The O-line was not healthy at Might all. I, and we'll and on discuss the injuries too. in a little bit. But the if you told me before the year, the Saints starting lineup in terms of who's going to do the best in spots and such, there's snap counts and everything, you'll have Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Tom Montgomery had the most snaps at running back. He lined up most at running back. Then a wide receiver core with the top receivers being Lil Jordan Humphrey, Tom Montgomery, and Traquan Smith. Uh, with an O-line of players I didn't know we had on our team outside of McCoy and Ruiz, I wouldn't have believed you. This was a tragically bad team. And it's not like, it's again, there's nothing the Saints could do about it is a problem. Everybody's hurt. I mean, there is legitimately not a healthy player on this team. That and is the best way I can put it, is that every single player under the sun is hurt currently. And the Saints just, I'm at a loss for words in all honesty. Like, and I'll pull up, uh, going into this game, because we just discussed it a bit, but going into this game, the Saints' injury list included, uh, on the IR, Jameis Winston, Will Lutz, CJ GJ, Landon Young, the backup O-lineman we drafted in the draft this year, out for the year now, Andrus Pete, Adam Troutman, Malcolm Roach, Peyton Turner. They're on the IR. Out for the game was Alvin Kamara, Marcus Davenport, Ryan Ramchek, Tonal Passignon, Mark Ingram, Teron Armstead. That is basically an entire team of players all missing, and they're all our starters. That's our that's our entire 2017 draft class. Basically. And, and, and I mean... You have a quarterback, you have two running backs, you have a kicker. Obviously, Michael Thomas wasn't even included on this list, but he's out for the year. You've got your starting receiver. You've got three of your own... Oh, what is it? Landon Young, Pete, Davenport... Ramchek and Armstead, four starting O linemen. Ethan Greenidge also out for the year. You have an entire starting O line out for the season. An entire starting O line. Five guys. It's I, it's and no, I'm not talking burgers. I'm talking guys. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> I broke. I'm sorry, it's, people. It, it's so disheartening. It's so disheartening how quickly the season went so downhill. And and it's not even that bad. I mean, Washington are currently the final team in the playoff picture, 
and and they have the same record as us. I mean, we are in the playoff hunt while also being the 13th overall lottery pick in the draft. I mean, we've lost four in a row. I don't see it getting much better. No, um, even even when we get you know some of our guys back, um, the we Saints got next few games. If we can quickly discuss this, obviously the Cowboys were previewing shortly. That's gonna be a rough one. Uh, then the Jets in New York, which hopefully should be easy. Uh, then Tampa in Tampa, not easy. The Miami Dolphins, who are being strange as always. I mean they they're on it. They're, they're on a reeling roll. off a win streak. They're on a four game win streak, I believe. Then the Panthers, who are now without McCaffrey for the year and did not look great the last few games. They've been on a rocky one, but they're sitting at, I believe, five and seven. Then the Falcons, the last week of the season, away, who are also five and six, who have looked good. They beat us this season, obviously. We have, I, I, this, it, again, Arjun, as you said, it went from looking good to being awful. We went from being. Five and two to being five and six real quick. <laughs> and uh, it sucks. It sucks because this team could be so much better than it is. We've just we've just struggled to stay healthy, um, struggled to adjust uh, to those injuries, which obviously is going to be difficult. And early in the season, lost games we shouldn't have. Giants, Falcons, uh, yes. obviously. Um, which if we had won those two games, we would be in better shape. Um, sitting at you know seven and four instead of five and six, um, it's just difficult because I mean we both know the potential this team has with how good this defense has been, but the defense has dropped off too uh, because they're missing some big names. But, but it's the not biggest, even the biggest names are still on the field. It's the biggest problem for the defense though is that they're struggling, but it's not like they're getting destroyed. They're struggling because. The offense has a three and out every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. The defense can only do so much. In the game against the Bills, we picked off Josh Allen twice. One of them was at the end of the second end of the second quarter. It was just before halftime. I believe that was Quan Alexander with a diving interception, which was mm-hmm. magnificent. But we just the offense is inept right now. And it was a discussion, and we'll move on from the games now. And kind of as we've kind of gone into the injury discussion, we do have to discuss Taysom Hill and the injuries because he was on the sidelines as the uh, what is it, emergency quarterback? I believe was mm-hmm. what he was listed as for this Bills game. For the um, last few games, he no, he wasn't on the sideline for the Eagles game. He was he was there. He wasn't. Suited. He wasn't. He was, all, he was out. Yeah, yeah. But he was on the sideline for the Bills game as the emergency quarterback. Ian Book was inactive. Which angered me a heck of a lot. Um, but we'll discuss Taysom before we discuss Ian Book. Um, Taysom was on the sideline. The entire game, I was tweeting out from the account being like, bring in Taysom. Or give me something. And then that was during the Eagles game. And then in the Bills game, exact same thing. It's like, come on, give me. If Taysom's here, he should be able to play. There's no reason you have him as an emergency and you're not playing him. There's got to be something here. Lo and behold, he had a plantar fascia, fascia injury which, for those who don't know, is in your foot. I believe it was his right foot he had the injury in, and it is considered one of the more painful injuries to have in in the sport. And it wasn't just a a dinged-up fascia. It was a partially torn one. So there was a reason he wasn't playing. We just were never told about it. And, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, the last few weeks we've been like, okay, you know what would give our offense a spark? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. 
not not just at quarterback. I mean, Trevor Simeon could have stayed in a quarterback, but but Taysom would have provided something. I mean, we had zero run game against Buffalo. Putting in Taysom would have helped a little bit, but obviously, you know, you don't want to aggravate that injury. But it would have been nice to know about it. I mean, the whole time everyone was speculating, oh, it's a foot injury. We only found out this week that it was definitively that was the injury. And um, it only came out after we found out Taysom would be starting tomorrow against Dallas. He hasn't been announced a starter, but I'm about 110% sure he's starting. I, I mean, uh, I think Jeff Triplett just tweeted that, you know, per source, he's going to be starting. Thank the heavens. And that's not a bad thing on Trevor Simeon. Sorry, that's it's Jeff just Triplett. Mike Triplett. Mike Triplett tweeted out, Taysom Hill will indeed start for the Saints at QB on Thursday night. So that kind of clears that one up for us as we were going to discuss that in a little bit anyway. Um, but it was just... In all honesty, quite a, a rough one for us this past few weeks with quarterback play. I mean, Trevor has just missed open guys, made bad throws, made bad reads. He also hasn't had a help at running back and a line, but it has been a downward spiral from that emergency Bucks game. Since then, I mean, all downhill for him. And, and, and I mean, uh, what else can we do? I mean, it, it's either it's either Trevor or Taysom, and, and I think I've seen enough of Trevor well, Simeon. it's not just Trevor or Taysom, and this is where my problem comes in. Ian Book... Again, it was a joke for the for the first two weeks that we lost with Simeon starting of, oh, bring in Ian Book. It was a joke. Ian Book was inactive, completely inactive, the last four weeks. If you have an injury to Taysom, which we knew was serious as a concussion, and he had this fascia injury, which they had to have known about, and you've got only Trevor Simeon at quarterback, your backup was Kamara outside of them in your emergency. Kamara got hurt. Why not put Ian Book on the bench? Why not? What reason is there? It's not put him on the bench. Someone tell me. And, I mean, we, we could dwell on that all, all we want, but I think the question now is that where do we go from Trevor? And I think the only answer is Taysom. The only answer is Taysom, but if Taysom is awful and Trevor's awful, at this point, if, if, we, if the situation gets worse and we end up at a point where we are like 5-9, five 5-10 and nine, five and ten out of the playoff picture, give me Ian Book. Let Might me see well. Ian Book play. May as well give him a couple of weeks. You'd rather not hurt your Taysom, uh, your quarterback of the future, apparently, which we'll discuss in a second. Give me, give me Ian Book. I mean, in that game against the Bills, garbage time. Give me Ian Book. Just let him, let him play for a quarter. But no, you have him out. And also, if Taysom is hurt enough that you can barely have him on the field, like barely walking around, why not have an extra quarterback there in case Simeon does get hurt? Because Simeon gets hurt, and then. Taysom comes in, he's very prone to injury at that point. Put it, have Ian Book there. Better to have recovered than anything else, but whatever. And back on the Taysom train, for those who also missed it, uh, to all the Taysom Hill haters out there, he signed a new contract. And this one, for those wondering, is a legitimate contract. It was not the one he signed last year for however 100 whatever it was, millions of dollars. People said it was the worst overpay ever. Fun fact, that wasn't a real contract. Ha ha ha. Uh, this is a real contract. It is a four-year, $40 million deal. It is incentive-laden to push up to four years, $90 million. And those numbers, you look at it on the face value, you go, whoa. That is a huge disparity between contract and incentive. The reason for the incentive is they sign him with this contract. The $40 million is for him to keep doing what he's doing. The $90 million is if he becomes starting quarterback and completes a certain amount of passes and plays a certain amount of games and all of those things. That is what his contract is, in essence. And, I mean, this is, I mean, it's something we will talk about postseason, I think, as we figure out what the status with Jameis is. But, I mean, 
Jameis looked so much better in preseason than Taysom did. Um, and not only that, I, I mean, T- Jameis is just a better quarterback than Taysom. And, I mean, Taysom is over 30 years old now. And I don't, I don't think he's the, he's the quarterback of the future. So whatever this deal is... I'm just thinking it's it's for cap space. It is. I believe his hands cleared up like twelve million dollars of cap space for next year by doing this because he was going to be, I believe, a twenty-three million dollar cap hit, but it dropped it down to like ten or twelve somewhere in that so, range. So I mean, so the Saints, the Saints are doing them, and for those who also were like, "Oh, the Saints are in salary cap purgatory," uh, we're we still only, are. We're only <laughs> about seventy, eighty million over the cap for next year. Which I say this so calmly because Kai Harley, that's a vacation for him. Like, yeah. That is for him. That is the equivalent of doing like addition in math class. We are we are we're so far below the cap compared to the rest of the teams. But I, I mean, I've never been worried about it. Nope, not worried um, at all. Because uh, there will be places to clear. Um, you know, you see all the Saints reporters doing great work figuring out where the work where the you know cuts could come from. But eventually, obviously, that's the GM's decision. And it's not up to journalists to do that. In all honesty, there's not going to be any cuts. It's just going to be restructuring of contracts. Yeah, you restructure like five contracts. Bam. All the money's cleared up at that point. Yeah, we'll probably sign some guys in free agency. That's how much money we're gonna and, have. And I mean, and I mean, this team needs improvements, and, and that is it. obviously something we will talk about postseason. Yes, but I mean, um, if it gets bad enough, I'm fully expecting to lose to Dallas tomorrow. Dallas is a very good team; they will have a lot of people back. Um, yes, and we'll discuss Dallas in a bit. With, with how crazy this season is, again, I'm fully expecting to lose to Dallas tomorrow. Might as well tank. I mean, we well if that's what we I'm need a wide is, receiver so bad, and there are some certain Ohio State wide receivers that will be available <laughs> in the draft for next year. Also, possible oh, they're not going to be an LSU wide receiver on the market. Yeah, there's going to be some LSU guys in the uh, draft class. There's a lot of good receivers in this draft class, actually, that I would love to see uh, put on the black and gold. Um, but yeah, if we lose to the Cowboys, we're sitting at five and eight, and Assuming the rest of the NFC like figures it's 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 you know what out, um, I would not mind us saying okay, we'll give Ian Book a shot, we'll get Tony Jones Jr. some reps, we'll give the rest of our guys kind of the the bump they need in confidence because if we lose this Cowboys game and we assume we lose the Bucks game too, and we beat the Jets because that should happen, we're sitting at six and eight. I, that you're not on a spot for the playoffs at that point. You're not close enough to the playoffs at that point to get in. The Bucks have the division at this point almost wrapped up. Uh, the Falcons, we have the tiebreaker. We lost. Same with the Panthers. We're in a really bad spot. We could finish bottom of the division now. There's a very strong chance of that. Yep. Um, but we want to move on now to the rest of the league discussion before we do Cowboys talk. Uh, the rest of the league, um, Arjun... Has I don't even know how to explain it. Um, has had itself a bit of a, a wacky time? Question mark. Um, week eleven, which obviously was uh, two weeks ago against the Eagles, uh, Buffalo got smoked out by the Colts. Um, that was kind of the major point of emphasis on the week. Texans also beat the Titans, which made no sense. Um, those were kind of the two, I would say, big games of note. Um, not a lot outside of them mattered, really. And then moving on to week 12, last week, uh, the Raiders beat the Cowboys in overtime on Thanksgiving. That was... Uh, in what I believe was the most viewed football game of the season, I believe. The most viewed like regular season football game since the 90s. Yes. The Cowboys, Raiders, 
Thanksgiving game. I mean, it was a fantastic game, but it, it was it, it got was, sandwiched in between two horrendous games. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, at least at least we got one nice game to watch on Turkey Day, but. I mean, it was it was a really really poorly officiated game on yeah. both sides. Um, penalties galore. I believe and the Cowboys had what twenty eight penalties called or accepted in the game or something. Uh, like that. Less it was than wacky. That. It was less than it that. Was but wacky I think total. Though. I think both teams had over fifteen penalties, and um, I mean, pass interference was called left and right. They were calling it really inconsistently all game as well. I mean, that was uh, for for a game that was watched as widely as that. You know the most watched regular season game since the 1990s. It was rough. Uh, <laughs> the league will not like to see how poorly that game was officiated. No, they won't. Um, um, and then you look at the other two Thanksgiving games. Obviously, we got shellacked. Uh, the Bears Lions game was the first matchup in the day, and that was legitimately an awful game to watch. Uh, yeah, um, that was uh, legitimately one of the worst football games I've ever had the displeasure of watching in my it life. It was. It was up there. It was up there with. The Patriots Rams Super Bowl and how bad it was. It just wasn't good. That yeah. it wasn't even like the defenses played well. It was just a bad game. Um, and then you move on to Sunday's games. The Bengals put the hammer down on the Steelers. Like, and when I mean hammer, I mean like sledgehammer levels. Forty-one to ten, Bengals beat the Steelers. Their first win, I believe, against the Steelers or their their multiple wins, I believe, against Steelers now recently, which is wacky. Um, but they are playing out of their skin this season. The Bengals are legit and as legit as they come. Trey Hendrickson, by the way, our boy, our former Saint, has now ten and a half sacks in the season, I believe. So he's 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 productive. He's doing well up there. Shout mm-hmm. out to him. Um, Tampa barely beat the Colts after uh, King Lenny had four touchdowns on the day. Um, Carolina got beaten down by the Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots took it to the Titans again. Uh, the Giants beat the Eagles 13-7. to <laughs> Again, horrible score, horrible game. Uh, Atlanta beat the Jaguars, and in the game, uh, our Thomas Morstead, our former punter, earned uh, Special Teams Player of the Week for the NFC. Shout out to him. His icon, his Twitter like icon, his avatar, is still him in a Saints uniform, even though he's a Falcons player now. I, I, <laughs> Kyle, I didn't know he was on the Falcons until he, he won the award this morning. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I saw that. I was like, Thomas Morstead is a Falcon. He, their um, punter got hurt, and then he joined, and he was like, I don't – his announcement thing was like, it's tough for me to put these colors on, but I have to back in the NFL because he played for the Jets this season for a couple weeks. Obviously, we released him because we have Gillikin, who's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's back in the NFL. We'll hopefully see him as a Falcon when he comes – or when the Saints go to play them. That would be kind of fun to see. Uh, and then outside of that, the Jets and the uh, Texans played a game of uh, who's going to have the worst record, along with the Lions. Uh, the Broncos beat down on the Chargers. Uh, the Packers won a close one against the Rams, uh, in which and, OBJ and, scored his first touchdown. And Kyle, the Rams have now lost three in a row to to three to three pretty good teams. I'll say um, they lost to the they they got demolished by the Niners. Uh, lost in a bad one to the Titans in a game they probably should have won uh, going into it. But again, but, the NFL this season makes no sense. And I mean, the Rams now, I mean, Stafford is playing through a lot of injuries. Uh, he had an okay game against the Packers, but, but again, mean, the NFL makes no sense. <laughs> so I, I legitimately have no clue. 
who I have as a Super Bowl favorite anymore. I mean, the 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 it, team that looks the best in the NFL right now, I've got to say, is the Packers. Currently, I'd say the Patriots. <laughs> Which I don't is, know. again, really strange to say after the start of the season they had. They've won <laughs> six in a row, but I wouldn't say that I, I think that, you know, they've been the but best they're, they're team. Playing but they're playing the best. But they have. But that bil- doesn't mean anything. They, they have doesn't bil- mean diddly squad. They have Bill Belichick. I mean, obviously, that's going to be an asset. But. I mean, the playoff races coming down to the last couple weeks of the season are going to be absolutely wild. Um, I, I can't remember a season where there wasn't like a clear, undefeated um, team that looks really, really good. I mean, the Cardinals don't haven't had Kyler Murray, and they've won two out of three games without Kyler. There are um, also, by the way, if I might add, 12 teams in the AFC sitting at 500 or better. Uh, the NFC... Is a, a a shadow of that with a whole six teams sitting at five hundred or better. Mm-hmm. Um, the the or NFC at least the AFC just there is the Ravens look good but also can't score. Patriots are on a six game win streak. Titans lose to basically every bad team that ever existed. Uh, the Chiefs offense was non-existent for a while. It's it's been. A wild, wild time, Marjorie. and and the the Broncos and the Chiefs. Um, just going into next week's or this week's action, the Broncos and the Chiefs play prime time. Give me, give me, give me, give me Teddy B. Give me the Broncos. And I and both them. both teams are. I mean, the AFC West. The Chiefs are seven and four. They've won four in a row. They've sort of picked it up. And the three other teams are six and five. So that is a big game when it comes down to the divisional uh, race. And Pat's Bills, the Monday night football game, that game is huge for for the AFC North. Uh, pardon me, the AFC East. So that game is huge for that division because, uh, I mean, the Pats and the Bills, we didn't think the Pats would even be in contention for the division, and the Bills have underperformed this year. Uh, the Patriots are 8-4, and four, the Bills are 7-4. and four. I, I mean, that's my game of the week. It, it, it's, it is such a huge game in the playoff race. Um, if the Patriots win it, um, I think this game is going to be in Buffalo. Right, it is in Buffalo. If the Patriots win this game, I mean, people are considering them as genuine contenders, but, I mean, it's amazing what Belichick has done with this team. He's rookie just quarterback, so good. He's so good. Rookie quarterback, not big names anywhere uh, in the skill positions, but the defense has been performing, and they're finding ways to win games. Yes, and my game of the week is going to be Broncos-Chiefs game. I, I want to watch that all day. Um, and now, Arjun, we do have to move on to discuss, sadly, the Saints-Cowboys game. Um, which, firstly, the note about the Cowboys, they have had some COVID problems as of late. Um, Mari Cooper was out. He is now going to be back. He's missed the last two games for them. Hurt my fantasy team a whole lot. Uh, but he is back now. He's playing against the Saints. He's, he's going to be here. Um, but... They are missing some coaches, and it was just announced by Ian Rappaport approximately 5.30 p.m. EST here on Wednesday, December 1st. Due to the COVID-19 cases on the Cowboys staff, former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo will temporarily assume a coaching role and be in the coaches' booth for Thursday versus the Saints. Yeah, I'm reading that what, live to our June. Was this just broken? It was just broken. He is going to be uh, assuming a coaching role for the team randomly. Okay, well, he won't be the head coach. I'm, I would assume the head coach will be, um, what's his name? Defensive coordinator for them. I can't remember who it's going to be. 
uh, but it's not going to be Mike McCarthy. It's going to be Dan Quinn. That is who's coaching for them, I believe, or play calling at least. Uh, who we have a believe I believe a he's four and six against Saints in his career I believe, um, so favorable for us. But it is it, they've had COVID problems, so no Mike McCarthy for them. Uh, ben McAdoo is going to be somewhere for them consulting. I don't even know. Um, but this game, Arjun, I don't know what to make of it. In all honesty, so I'll just go through the the injury report for the Saints. Yeah, um, let's 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 start there because this is a rough one. So so three players are are officially out: Caden Ellis, Tano Passanone, and uh, Marcus Davenport. Davenport, obviously, when he's on the field, he's been stellar this year. He has been he in that Eagles game. Seeing him live. The things he did to the linemen, I was watching it most of the time when we were playing because I was like, I want to see him play. So, so good. He Every play, he pushed the linemen five yards back. Every and play. I, he's been so good all year, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He'll be out another game. Um, we may have some relief on the O-line. Toron Armstead and Ramchek are questionable. Uh, Ramchek was limited on Monday but didn't practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. Armstead hasn't practiced all week, um, but they're both questionable. Um Mark Ingram was full participation all week. Um, so he should be good to go. We should have one piece back. Taysom Hill has been in the injury report, but has fully participated. Then, so we will have pieces of our offense slowly coming back. Ingram will be in the backfield. But the biggest name, Alvin Kamara, limited practice all week. He's questionable for tomorrow against Dallas. Yes, and that is where the scare comes in. Because as we know, and as we have seen the past few weeks... Kamara means so much to this team. I mean, I if people didn't understand how much he meant to this team, losing him lost us like 150 yards every week. It gave, it gave uh, Trevor one less person to pass to. It, it hurt us everywhere. So not having him has hurt us. The O-line being banged up has hurt us. If everyone can get back and be healthy, that is what matters most right now. Um, and for the Cowboys, as I said, Cooper's back. CeeDee Lamb, I believe, was full practice this week. They are, I believe, without Cedric Wilson as the one player I believe they are out mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Um, the rest of them are questionable. And, um, and notably on the on the defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence is back from injury yes. for, for the Cowboys as well. He's, a, he's an Scary. asset. He's an Scary. asset on the edge. And without with a hurt O-line, this is going to be a rough, rough game for us. Um, but we're going to get into uh, game prediction now. Arjun, and I'll start with you as the man from Texas yourself. Give us your score prediction. Where do you think this game is going? Um, and for those wondering what the over-under is, the prediction for this game in terms of money line scoring, if you're a, if a sports better uh, at all, the Cowboys are predicted 54.5% to win. Saints 45.1 with a little bit of a tie there. Over under 47 and a half. The spread is uh, minus four and a half for the Cowboys. So with that uh, being taken into account, Arjun, what is your prediction looking like? Uh, I think the Cowboys win and cover. Um, oh, wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think the Cowboys, they're, they're a really, really solid team. And the, the loss against the Raiders was really tough. I mean, I think Dak Prescott is, is a remarkably good quarterback. Um, I, I used to not think that back, you know, a few years ago, but now, I mean, he's really, really shown his talent. Um, they were missing, uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper last week against, against the Raiders. So I think if they had those two pieces, they would have won that game. Um, 
the defense, uh, the Cowboys defense, I think, will be able to hold on against Taysom because even if we have Kamara back, Kamara's production usually drops off a little when Taysom is the quarterback. Um, for whatever reason, um, Taysom isn't exactly the best at you know going through his reads and checking it down. Maybe he's matured in that aspect. We'll have to see tomorrow. It's a lot of unknowns. Um, with Taysom starting his first game of the year, I don't think we pull it off. I think the Cowboys are going to win. Um, we'll say, I'm going to say 31-21. 31-21. We hit the over. Cowboys cover. Good teams win. Great teams cover. So I'm going to uh, speak my mind before I give my score prediction. Um, Taysom starting, which is, in my opinion, a positive thing currently. I am predicting, and this is a bold call, I'm predicting a shootout. Because in in Royal Saints fashion, we would suck for four weeks, go into this game, put up a billion points, and everyone hops on the Taysom hype train. And then we lose the last, like, five weeks of the season. Fair. So, and I don't think we're going to lose against the Jets, but after that, yes. I think we're going to win 45 to 38. I think we cover and we win, but it is a shootout of a game. It makes zero sense watching it, and you're sitting there the entire time like, what's going on? I think that is going to happen. I think one touchdown is for the Cowboys will be a turnover from Taysom that is a touchdown on the play, either a pick six or a fumble recovery touchdown, something Taysom causes, and then there also be a return touchdown of some sort uh, on a kickoff is my guess. Um because Brett Maher, I don't trust it. Um, <laughs> I still don't trust Brett Maher. I think we win 45-38. I am being as bold as I think I've ever been in terms of calling a game. That's, yeah, that's out there for me. <laughs> I can't even lie to you. Um, I don't think we'll get anywhere close to that with this offense, Kyle, if I'm being very honest. But, I mean, uh, the game's in the dome. Anything can happen. Um, Anything can happen in New Orleans. Anything can happen also when you have... No idea who's I mean, starting the, for your the, team. The week. last time these two teams played on a Thursday night, the score was like thirteen to ten. Yep. Um, so it could be the complete opposite. I mean, both offenses well, I mean the Cowboys offense is better than it was back then. The Saints offense is certainly worse. Um but I also caveat, I think we put up a single score in the third and fourth quarter. All of our points in the first half, except for one score. I say I that's that is the other part of this prediction. I think we have four touchdowns. Or no, five touchdowns, right? Five times seven is 35. Five touchdowns, Arjun, in the first half. And then one in the second half. That's that's even more bold. because I think think we're going opposite of what the last four weeks have been, which has been all garbage time. It's the exact opposite. I'm pretty sure. I think Taysom injects life in the offense, and then second half, the offense dies. (laughs) I'm pretty sure all season we've had three points in the first quarter. So I... Sure, we'll take it. Bold calls <laughs> here on the podcast. We'll take it. And Arjun, that will do it for this episode of the Going Going Winter Podcast. For all coverage of that Saints Cowboys game, follow us on Twitter at GGGunerPod. We will be live tweeting that game. It'll be a fun one for us to watch. A tough one to watch, but a fun one to watch. Nevertheless, uh, follow us there on Twitter at GGGunerPod. Check out our Arsenal episode where we discuss the Ballon d'Or awards, Arsenal being weird in, for the two week span. And all of that fun stuff, Arjun, it is time for us to sign out for the week. We will see you all later.